Welcome to the Unhooked Podcast, hosted by author, writer, and recovery advocate, Annie Highwater. This is a podcast of real conversations and true stories from those who have been impacted by and overcome personal adversities, including your host. The goal of the Unhooked Podcast is to take a deep and hopeful look into the experiences related to addiction, alcoholism, grief, mental and emotional health, family dysfunction, codependency, conflict, and other types of personal struggle. The good, the bad, the dramatic, the real areas of life that all of us face. You will hear wisdom from people who fought to persevere through pain, circumstances, and are doing the work to recover. You can contact Annie by emailing annieunhooked at gmail.com. And now, enjoy the show. Welcome back, everyone. On this week's podcast, I have a returning conversation with my friend, Janelle. She came on a few weeks back and told her family's story of having a daughter who was affected by addiction. And then her daughter came on a week later. Her daughter's name is Reagan and gave her version of the situation from her perspective and her eyes. So if you haven't listened to that yet, go back and listen to Janelle and then listen to Reagan because they are just wonderfully hopeful. So I have asked Janelle to come back on because we've stayed in touch and she is part of a process. I believe you do it for work called ISIS. Um, I a-S-I-S. So basically, I wanted to hear all about it. I recommended it to my son. He's looked into it out in Arizona, and it seems to just be kind of taking off and helping people with PTSD, issues with addiction, things like that, and probably even more. So without just having you explain it to me, I thought I would record with you and have you explain it to me so that all our families and listeners could learn right along with me. So that said, welcome and please just take it away. (laughs) Hi, Annie. Thank you so much for having me. I I got really fortunate in um, finding a job in recovery um, during my own recovery and my recovery with my daughter. So this is kind of a divine calling for me and I'm I just want to say how grateful I am to be a part of it. I work for a nonprofit called Matthews Hope Foundation, and it is founded by a man named Larry Wiedekind, who is my boss. And he founded Matthews Hope because his son, uh, about five years ago now, passed from an opioid overdose. And after that happened, his divine mission is to eradicate opioid disease. And we've since kind of changed that mission to more um, preventing relapse and offering long-term support for those in recovery from all addictions. Um, We kind of focus on opioids because those are really tough to recover from, but we know all addictions are important and we would love to help anybody um, who needs help. But um, one of the tools that we use in, in doing what we do is called IASIS Microcurrent Neurofeedback. And I was trained uh, by Barry Bruder, who developed the technology in back in August and started using the technology in September. And what it does is it's, it's a low impulse um, microcurrent of energy that we put into the brain. It is three picowatts, which translates to about a million times less energy than your cell phone emits. So it is a tiny, tiny current that we're putting into the brain. And the whole process um, of, the, of the current going into the brain, it's, it's, it's a pulse. Um, it's, a, it's elicited in pulses. So, um, and it's over about a six minute, six to seven minute time frame. So it doesn't take very long. You don't feel anything. 
uh, we do not use drugs. Um, it is non-invasive. The, the electrodes that we use are, are pretty small. They're actually really, really small. And um, what happens is that in your, when, when the pulses are going into the brain, it is causing a disruption in stuck patterns in your brain. Everybody has stuck patterns. Stuck patterns can be from any medications or drugs you've taken, traumas you've experienced through your lifetime, uh, obviously concussions or traumatic brain injury that that will cause stuck patterns in your brain. And the brain just freezes in those patterns. And what the current that we elicit into the brain does is unsticks those patterns. And the brain itself knows what it's supposed to do. And so the brain retrains itself and you end up feeling usually much calmer and maybe it eliminates or helps your anxiety lessen, depression. It helps with a very long list of conditions, um, including depression, anxiety, addiction, ADD, ADHD, migraines, chronic pain, traumatic brain injury, eating disorders, migraines, Lyme disease, PTSD, insomnia, autism, memory loss, chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia, and many, many others. So the effects of this treatment go far-reaching. We also use it for peak performance. It helps the brain to perform at its optimal level. So if you have a speaking engagement or maybe a big test coming up and you really want to be able to focus and process well, these sessions are amazing for just, you know, being at your, at your peak performance. Athletes can use it too. Wow. So I have questions because (laughs) first of all, I want to say, I love that you've been called to work in recovery. Like, you know, your boss has, there is just something about how, when you go through this process with a loved one, a spouse, but especially I think a son or daughter, it completely changes the trajectory of your entire life. And so many of us, I think, have risen up, left corporate or left what we were doing (laughs) in corporate. And it just by chance or by choice or by a combination of things led us to work in this field. And there's, I just love seeing people kind of rise up and become a community that takes it personal into the professional. I love that so much. Yes, absolutely. That's how it happened for me. I I can't not be a part of it. Too many people are suffering. Too many people are dying. And I feel like I have to do, if there's anything I can do, I have to do it. I agree. Um, so this, it's pretty new. You said it that it was yeah. developed in August, you said, last year? Well, that's when I started using it. It's been, okay. um, it's been around, I would say, at least four or five years. Barry Bruder, who developed the technology, has been using it for a long time. He's developed the system that we use and the programs that we use to do it and made it um, pretty user-friendly as far as getting trained on it. So that's been amazing. And he's done thousands and thousands, probably hundreds of thousands of people so his knowledge base and experience is integral to to me just getting started. I've been doing it six months. So he um, is on my speed dial and I talk to him often when I have a question about um, a new patient or a new client that's coming in and, you know, maybe what they're dealing with and how to proceed with them. And he's, he always knows the right way to go. So um, I appreciate that with having him at my disposal as well. So what is I, what is IASIS? Is that an acronym? Yeah. Well, no, it actually is a Greek word for, I I believe it means helping 
helping yourself, a divine helping, something like that. It has to do with assisting um, people heal. Oh, I like that even more. Yeah. I, I had learned, um, and it's probably more people know this than I realized, but I had just learned when I started working for a healthcare facility last year, um, healthcare, healthcare company, um, that psychotherapy means um, the psyche is the soul in Greek. And therapy, the original word in Greek, it means heal. So oh. when you go through the process of, you know, psychotherapy or those things are all a combining process of healing the soul. And it really, yes. just, I took a note down from that. It was my first class of training and I never forgot it because I thought that's what it's, that's what we are called to do in the recovery counseling compassionate profession is help the soul to heal. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. <laughs> yeah. And this helps your brain to heal. So yeah. it is a divine healing. Yes. So microcurrent on the, that goes to the brain. I'm going to just ask questions that might pop into the minds of others. Sure. Is it, you know, I, you, I know you said it was like a low current. Is this anything Very. similar to shock treatment? <laughs> I, I get asked that, that all the time. I, I bet. Do. I do because anytime you're talking about putting electricity into the brain, it sounds very intimidating. And yeah. so um, shock therapy is pretty intimidating. That is something they used to do a long time ago. And so while it's, I would say it's related, it is so far removed from it that you don't feel anything. The current is so tiny that we use. Like I said, it's a million times less than your cell phone energy. So yeah. you don't feel anything. It is not shocking anything. In fact, we are pretty sure that the current that we use is not strong enough to even get through the skull. So we don't know 100% how it really works, but we know that it does. Right. Almost... Um, in kind of like a spiritual way, there's yeah. actually, there's actually more updated things about shock treatment. Anyway, I think everyone kind of relates it to one flew over the cuckoo's nest, yes. and terrifying <laughs> yes. things that we saw and things you've read about, but there was a comedian that did a special and I posted it. It's so good oh. about his depression and mm -hmm. that he went through shock treatment and he went back out on tour and he made his whole comedy routine about mental health. His name's Gary Goleman. And he oh, talked wow. about how he went through a series of shock treatment and how, you know, the modern version of it, he just immediately began to feel better. So, you know, we are in a different day and age now where things are not as terrifying or archaic or barbaric as we believe them yes. to be. Yes. And there are other modalities out there that use energy into uh, to put energy into the brain for um, certain conditions. So it, likely he did something like TMS or something like that. Yeah, I think that's what it was. And then yeah. my son had asked me about something that was pretty common out um, west, and mm -hmm. I had asked you about it, and you said it was music related, I believe. So I don't, yeah. I didn't even know what that was. What what was the difference with that? Well, with with ISIS, when when we do a session, the the client doesn't do anything but sit there and relax. So there's no having to look at screens or listen to anything, or they don't have to do physically anything. They can sit, close their eyes, relax, and just let the process work. Um, with a lot of those other modalities, they're requiring you to look at something or listen to something and respond to something at the same time. Um, so that's a big difference. I don't know much about, you know, listening to music, except that I know music affects our brains um, 
intensely and it can be super healing for a lot of people. I, I know for me, I love listening to music. It's, it's they're very therapeutic in my car and yeah. for worship and all kinds of things. So I, I, I would never discount the um, relevance of something like that. Yeah, I just wasn't real. I thought they were the same thing at the time. And then is this anything like EMDR? No, EMDR is is related to eye movements. And um, so that is something different. They don't put any energy into the brain. Okay, that makes sense. So I like that you already answered there's no pain involved, no drugs or anything invasive. Are there... What are the, what's the tool and the the technology and what's what touches them? Okay, um, it, it's it's basically a laptop and then it has a little black box with five electrodes that are attached to the little black box. So I can put it in a briefcase and and take it with me. So it's portable. So it's not. Um, intimidating looking at all when you come into my office. Um, so the little electrodes are probably, they look like little tennis paddles, but they're tiny. I mean, they are probably, I don't know, three to five centimeters, um, uh, actually millimeters across. So they're really tiny, but they, ha- they look like little waffles. So there's five. And um, so we, but we do move them around during the session. So we call them sight pairs. So um, we will choose the modality to use and then the sight pairs that we're going to use. And um, it, we have a basic protocol that we start most everybody with. And then we can change up from there, whether they need more energy or less, more sight pairs or less. There's a lot of variables we can use. Um, so, um, but it takes about five to 10 minutes to prep somebody. We just um, scrub the few sites that we're going to put the electrodes on. And then I go ahead and put the paste on there. The paste sticks it to your skin. So, um, so we can get the energy where it needs to be. And, um, and really that's all there is. There's, there's nothing else. It's so simple. Is it in a dark room? Is there soft? I do. Yeah, I do. I have a really sweet, cozy office. I try to make everybody feel like a little bit like it's a spa treatment, um, you know, and, and so my lights are dim. I do have some um, white noise playing in the background. It's, it's, I believe it's ocean waves. I'm so used to it now. I don't even notice it anymore, but um, I do have um, sometimes some essential oils diffused in my office. So it smells nice. Um, and just, yeah, it's, it's a relaxing experience. Um, I have a nice comfy cushy chair and, um, I, it's, it's very nice experience all the way around. Um, how many sessions do do people normally, are they recommended to come in for, or do you meet them for? Yeah, the average is five to 15. It, it depends on several things, obviously. Um, it can depend on how many conditions somebody is suffering with, how, how acute those conditions are. You know, somebody who has um, suicidal thoughts and is in that kind of state may need more treatments than somebody who just has, um, and I don't mean to diminish this at all, but just has situational anxiety or, you know, some other thing that's a little more um, mild com- in comparison. So, and, and it can factor in age, it can factor in how many uh, medications they're on, um, how long they've been dealing with something, you know, it doesn't, 
If you've been dealing with depression for 20 to 30 years, it may take a few more sessions than somebody who just started dealing with it in the last few years. So um, I noticed that my younger patients respond very quickly. Um, and some of my older patients do too, but some of them take a little bit longer to kind of see um, improvement. And when I say a little bit longer, I mean, usually people see something in the first session, but sometimes it takes up to about three to see a difference. So still quickly, but, um, but it just depends on a lot of different factors. Are you talking to them through the session or is it pretty? Sometimes. Okay. Yeah, I kind of questions or if they're encouraged to be silent or... Yeah, I let them decide if they, you know, some people just want to come in and just relax and not talk and that's perfectly fine. And then I have others that are talkers and they talk right through it and that's fine too. The only thing I won't let you do is is go to sleep. So I do tell people I have to pinch you if you fall asleep because <laughs> I do want you awake during it. Um, but, and I've had, I had a couple people not off during it. So um, it is that relaxing. So, um, but most but it's just kind of up to them. I, I let them decide. I let them talk to me. I let them not talk to me. I don't get offended by that at all. Sounds uh, better than the dentist's office. Way better. Way better. <laughs> um, yes. My other question is, how old do you have to be to? Are you able to be a minor? Do you do this yeah. with children, or is this yeah. mostly adults? No, we can do it um, on babies. We can do it on pregnant women. We can do it on dogs, horses, um, anybody can do this treatment. And so it is safe. It is non-invasive. Like I said, it is painless. Nobody will feel anything. Um, so that's another really big positive is that, you know, you don't have to wait to be a certain age to use it. It's safe. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So I was going to see if you had any like examples to give or success stories of people that came in, maybe give general details of what they were dealing with and some like quick results that you saw or over time, things like that. Yeah. Well, I can talk about several different ones. Um, the first one I'll talk about is my daughter because she's a recovering addict and we were really excited to see what this would do for her. And um, so she has had, I think, 15 or 16 sessions. So after the limit or can you have more? She's, she likes it so much. She's going to continue to have them, but she has slowed way down. She was getting them weekly to begin with. And then as One thing I didn't mention earlier is each session is cumulative. So the response that you have at your first first session, whatever that is, um, probably will last between a day or two to three days maybe if you're lucky. And then when you come back for your next session, it will extend that a little bit more. And then your next session, it will extend more until eventually the results are permanent. So that's why I say the average is five to 15 sessions because after that, you really may not need any more sessions. You can, you can continue. There's no reason, you know, not to, unless you just don't want to anymore. But um, so that, that the cumulative, cumulative nature is very important in understanding how this works. So my daughter came in, she has suffered with anxiety for a long time. She um, had some um, sexual trauma when she was younger, Um, addiction, obviously. And she, you know, probably done a lot of damage to her brain during her using time and, and trauma and all that. So she was really excited to try, excuse me, to try it. So I did her first session 
and a few things happened. Number one, she had the biggest smile and this cool, calm energy about her. She, um, she texted me afterwards and said, I haven't felt this happy and this good in a really long time. And um, the other thing that happened was she was a big vapor, like all the kids are. She's only 19. So um, that's a big thing. And she would vape pretty much constantly. Mm-hmm. And so she had a nicotine addiction, obviously. And um, this was not a reason for her to come in and get sessions with me. But she said when she tried her vape on the way home from that session, that very first session, it tasted weird. so it after that first session she decreased her amount of vaping I would say by about 75 percent wow so that was sort of an added benefit that I didn't expect or even think of you know when she was coming in for her session the other thing that happened after her first session was her anxiety went away wow that's awesome yeah she no longer had anxiety And so she started coming weekly and she tried to quit vaping. After about seven sessions, she decided, I'm quitting. I don't want to vape anymore. I don't like it. But the withdrawal symptoms from the nicotine were awful, really awful. And so she made it about two days, maybe not quite. And she said, I can't, I can't stand it. I can't make it. So she, she went back to vaping. She, about two or three weeks ago, she, uh, they changed the laws in Texas, which is where we live. So she's no longer able to buy the whatever for her vape. She can't get it anymore. And they stopped selling the, you know, the flavors that make it really attractive for young kids. They, they outlawed those. So she, she's unable to get what she was used to, and she can't get anything because the only good flavor that was left was mint or something. it's, it sells out all the time because that's the only one left. And so she ended up ha- being forced to quit vaping. But the funny thing is, is she has had zero withdrawal symptoms. Wow. None. So, and I did talk to Barry about that um, before. And he had told me in his experience, remember he's done thousands and thousands of people. Um, in his experience, 12 sessions is about what it takes for nicotine addiction. Wow. That's interesting. So I, yeah, I was actually so impressed with her. She's not impressed with herself because she didn't mean to quit. It just happened. So she's not taking credit. She said, that's the treatments, mom. That's just the treatments that caused it. So, um, but I'll take credit for that because she's healthy. I told her, I said, you have no more addictions. Right. And I think that's amazing. So, um, so that's a pretty cool story. And her anxiety has not returned. She has no drug cravings. She feels like she processes her emotions and her thoughts way better and healthier than ever before. And we kind of feel like she's about three years ahead of where she should be in her recovery because of these treatments. And, um, and that's a big deal. Yeah. So, um, so that's been a cool success story. She loves the sessions. She keeps coming about every month just um, just to kind of get a tune-up or whatever. Um, but her, her results are lasting, so it's, she doesn't feel the need to come any more often than that. So I think, you know, that's fine. But I, one of my favorite um, clients is uh, a client who's severely autistic, 
he is a teenage boy who is 6'3 and um, came to me several months ago. And um, of course, he didn't want me to touch him. He was verbal, but very difficult to understand, didn't um, talk a lot, um, very um, agitated, um, of course. And um, he really frightened of me when I uh, sat him down in my chair for the first time. And you know, he didn't understand what was going on, but I was, I was able to get his first session done. He, he allowed me finally to get it done. And during it was, was the most amazing thing I've ever seen is he was so nervous and so agitated. But once I turned on the machine, he, um, within that six minutes, he just slowly melted into my chair he calmed down like he literally it was like melting into my chair and his mom was in the room and of course she saw it too and you know her eyes are big and my eyes are big and he's just relaxed and now i've seen him 27 or 28 times i think now and he cannot wait to get in my chair after that first session he runs to my chair he sits down he feels so much better after every session but his mom reports that well and i can see it too he talks more he tells jokes he's funny he talks about how he's feeling he is able to he has self-awareness now where um when he goes to take a shower, his mom said she's always been in and out of the bathroom when he's been in there, but he doesn't want her around now. He's, he realizes he's naked and she doesn't need to be in the room. And so that's a pretty big deal. He no longer, um, he still gets agitated at times, but it's nothing to the level it used to be. And he does not self-harm anymore when he does get agitated. He doesn't beat his head against the wall or bite himself anymore. He's much, um, just much calmer. And that so, makes so um, much sense. I mean, because if it's opening up and, and helping the stuck neuropathways yes. of the brain, I yes. mean, that's yes. really, I mean, we do get stuck. Yeah. I remember times I've been stuck or hung up on something, or I know several people who are stuck on a trauma or an era of their life, whether it was good or bad, and they have never moved forward or a slight yep. them or a traumatic divorce. And we do absolutely, you know, get stuck and there's got to be ways to break free. And it's probably not one size fits all, but if it's helpful, I mean, I, there's nobody I wouldn't recommend getting unstuck to. Yes. And I, it, it's kind of like peeling an onion too with this because I have had people have emotional releases during them and they're, they're not because they're thinking of something traumatic that's happened to them. It's the body releasing that energy that's been pent up for so long. And so I always encourage my, my clients to please see a therapist if you need to, because this is helping get out what needs to come out, but you need to be able to talk to somebody about that and work through it. And this is just kind of helping that process along. And so it's a tool that we use. So I'm not trying to take the place of any therapist out there, or any sort of recovery program. It isn't, it's not designed to do that, but it's a, it's designed to assist in all of those things as a tool that just helps helps people get better faster. Right. And so, you know, it's not expensive, you know, it's not. That's what I was going to ask. How, is it an, an expensive procedure? No, it's not. Um, I, and of course, all of the clinicians who do it probably charge, you know, whatever it is they charge. I, I keep it 
because I work for a nonprofit. So ours is is not expensive. Your first session with me would be an hour long. I do get to know my clients as well as I can, because there's a bit of intuition that kind of goes with doing this. Um, I need to, they're not always honest with me about how acute their problems are or how much they're suffering. A lot of people want to put on that you know, brave face where I'm, I'm, I'm okay. I'm not that bad. Well, you know, it's not only just that, um, when you've got somebody who's got a lot of trauma, I've heard it often said that, um, you know, I can, and I came from a really toxic, stressful environment myself when I was little. And I remember telling people, yeah, but other people have had it worse, or at least this or that, or at least this or that happened. There's almost a denial process of the belief of how bad your trauma was. So sometimes they're not just dishonest with you. They're not realizing it themselves. Exactly. Exactly. And so I have to be able to kind of intuitively, I don't diagnose anything, but just kind of figure out really where they're at. Because what I'm trying to avoid is overstimulating somebody who is really sensitive. And being sensitive isn't bad at all. It's just, it's just something I need to know. And so I need to get information. And so I really try to get to know my clients. So I will spend time with them as much time as I need to doing that before a session, especially that first session. So that's why the first appointment takes an hour. So I plan on a minimum of 30 minutes of just talking with them, letting them fill out the paperwork, answering their questions, asking lots of questions. And then we go forward with the treatment. And so that session costs $200. Um, after that, the sessions go down to just 30 minutes. By then I know you and I've asked, I ask for feedback after every session in a written form. So I email you and of course my phone number is on everything so they can call me or text me anytime. Um, and so when they come back, we discuss the results from the last session, how they're feeling. We do another session that ranges between 120 and $150. If you come in for 10 sessions, it's 120. If you just want to go session by session, it's 150. If you want to commit to five sessions, it's 135. So, um, and insurance does cover it in some states. It doesn't hear where I'm at yet. We're working on that. But, um, but if you're suffering, this is a really good modality to use to help when, when drugs don't help, when you've went to 15 different doctors and they can't figure out how to help you feel better and you're suffering, a few hundred dollars for a few sessions to feel better isn't, isn't expensive. No, it's I agree. And I think it was um, even where my son is, it was even a lot less than less. that. So I think yes, it varies it was. from, you know. It does. It does. It varies. And um, yeah, and I, I don't, we, there's no set price um, that people can charge. So uh, we, we just charged what was recommended and what we feel like the technology is worth. And we feel like it's worth more than that. But we, we don't let anybody um, who, who can't afford that price, we, we don't turn people away. I want to help people. That's what I'm here for. Yeah, I, I really do. I get it. And I do have to tell you about another client. I could tell yeah, you I'm about- i ask about some more. Yeah, I have one and I just, I've become friends with her because I just love her so much. And um, she, but she has suffered. She's probably in her forties. But she came to me as an emergency patient or emergency client on a Saturday. I don't typically take clients yet on Saturdays, Um, but I was asked to come in and see her because her family was extremely concerned. She um, 
had suffered for many, many years with depression. And at this point, she was having suicidal ideation and her family was ready to put her in the hospital. And so they actually convinced her to have a session with me first. And if that did not help, then they were going to take her to the hospital anyway. But they gave her the opportunity to try try this first. And she agreed. And so she came and met me on the Saturday. And I did a session with her. And she's still sitting in my chair. And, you know, I asked her, I said, so what are you noticing? And she said, I feel pretty good. And I said, okay. I said, I'm going to email you a form to fill out and I want you to let me know in the next 24 to 48 hours how you're doing. And she said, I will. And she left. And on Monday, she came in for another session and she sat down in my chair and I said, how are you doing? And she said, I haven't said this in a really long time, but I think I feel really good. Wow. And she has had 10 sessions with me now. This has been over the period of the last probably two or three months. And she's completely delightful. Her life has changed. Come to find out she had a traumatic brain injury when she was a young teenager. And that is kind of what started all of her depression issues. And she's been on medications, of course, during that time and had a lot of a lot of mental issues because of it. Um, but she's doing great. She has not had any depression since that first session. And she is feeling better than she's felt since she can remember sleeping better, um, just dealing with life better and feeling happy. So just to, for the sake of being real, have you had anybody come in and say that it hasn't affected them or it hasn't been a great success for them? No. Oh, I really? I haven't. I know. <laughs> I have. I do have a client who it's taken a little bit longer for him to see results, but he is very, very heavily medicated and he is um, older. He is I believe around 70. And so that, that alone can make it um, take a little bit longer, but he is also extremely sensitive. So we have to go very, um, very light with him, but he's still, in fact, his wife, we, we often tell our clients that the people who love you and the people who are around you the most are more likely to notice changes in you first. So if you're taxed with filling out the form I sent you and, and, and trying to give me feedback and you, you're having a problem really noticing or thinking you notice anything, ask your loved ones and see what they say, because his wife had a lot to say about how it's affected him. <laughs> so, so, and that's just kind of how it goes, but he, he still sees um, a really positive response. And his goal is to eliminate some of the medications that he's on. Right. So we don't ever tell people to stop taking medications. That does not hinder the progress that you can have with ISIS, but it can, it can, diminish your need for the medications, but we, we definitely want them to work on that with their doctors. Right. Yeah. So what, um, what experience have you had with somebody who's maybe had a heroin or an opiate addiction or Xanax or a meth addiction? Because those are pretty monstrous things to overcome and they do have, you know, relapse rates and things like that. Yes. Yes. Well, we are trying to get started doing that uh, almost exclusively. In fact, we're partnering with a detox center in um, in our area. And I was just at the event yesterday, the grand opening. So we will be doing that soon. And we want to make 
ISIS part of the detox process and part of the process when they're in inpatient and then when they're an outpatient and then ongoing as they go through their recovery, like maybe on a monthly basis. That's our goal. We know there's a study um, that's about to be underway with UT um, uh, research set, uh, center about how it affects addiction. I can tell you from from just treating my daughter um, and having her feel the way she feels, no cravings and all of that, I, the implications for what it can do for these people on opioids is so incredibly positive. I'm so excited to find out. Let me just tell you what it did for me. And I'm not an addict, so um, you may think it's unrelated, but I've always been a social drinker my entire life. I do give myself sessions. So um, wow. after, I know, after, I love it. I, I feel so good afterwards. Um, but after about my seventh session, I um, did what I normally do. I think it must have been a Friday. Uh, my husband and I usually will go out after work and, you know, have dinner and have a glass of wine or whatever. And, and I took a drink, one drink one sip of alcohol and um, my whole body just sort of was repulsed. Like, ew, that's not good. And it was weird. And so I thought, okay, I don't know what that's about. So um, I started noticing though, every time I would drink something, I would feel that way. And I would get a headache the next day, all day. doesn't matter if I had one drink or three. I usually don't have any more than that anyway. It's almost like your brain's returning to a healthier state. Yes. Yes. So, um, so, but I didn't attribute it to my sessions. I just thought this is something weird that's going on with me. And so after session nine, though, it, I had tested like, okay, maybe vodka is okay. Maybe wine's okay. Maybe, you know, like what if it's just something, maybe I'm allergic to something, you know, and, but it was everything, everything I tried. And I finally said to my husband, I don't think I'm drinking alcohol anymore. It's that bad. I, I feel so gross when I drink even one sip. And of course he looks at me, we've been married for a long time. He's like, what? So I actually called Barry and I said, Barry, is this because of my sessions? I don't want to drink at all. And he said, he's heard it thousands of times. Wow. Thousands of times that people no longer want to drink. They don't want to smoke pot. They don't want any of it. So the implications are that it is very effective for addictions. Well, I mean, if you're healing your brain, Yes. You know, those things aren't great for your brain. I just, I was yes. just, I'm obsessed with Dr. Nicole Labor's book and she breaks down chemicals. And one of the things she breaks down is alcohol. And she talks about how there's only two chemicals that cause irreversible brain damage. And those are inhalants and alcohol. And I didn't know that. So, you know, whether you do it in moderation and it's socially acceptable or whatever, those yeah. things are, you know, doing damage to your brain. So if you're healing yeah. the brain, of course, the brain's not going to want to intake a big blast of nope. what it's been healing from. It's like a, a no. brand new system. No. And today I'm 30 days sober. I, I'm sworn it off. I, I don't it. like it. I know. So that is what, that's what's happened to me. And I, I also started getting anxiety when my daughter was in rehab and um, then moved home and then relapsed. And we've been through all of that. And I started to get anxiety for the first time in my life. But after my first session, I have not had anxiety either. So I have seen that a lot. One session for anxiety tends to be pretty normal. Oh, I from what that. I see. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is, it is life changing for people. 
these sessions. It Especially really because is. I think we adapt around our, you know, disordered thinking. And, yes. you know, like I, I had developed an issue with driving and I'd had a car accident. So now I just get off the freeway if I start feeling panicked or anxiety. Right. Or right. I have social um, anxiety that can be really bad and make me seem odd even because I just close within myself. And one of my friends called it freezing. She would always say, I can, you become frozen and I just go inward. And so because I've adapted to it and accepted it, I just don't put myself in situations where I think I'm going to be vulnerable. So something like that would be a great alternative and kind of give you freedom to return to those things that you've not really overcome. Absolutely. And it's different for everyone. You don't have to overcome things, but I'm just saying like, (laughs) I would like to, I I tend to like to take things head on, but there are just some situations. And if you're going through a lot at once and um, maybe you don't want to force yourself to overcome something. So I haven't gone back into situations that I know are going to produce anxiety or I'm going to deal with feeling triggered or whatever. But well, the one thing my daughter was saying, and, and actually I treated her counselor as well, who has been in the hospital with panic attacks and things. So she, she fully understands the, the debilitating part of anxiety. Yeah, it is. Um, but they both said, and they were talking to each other because she said, this is going to sound really strange, but you know, situations that I'm in that I know would make me feel anxious, would bring up my anxiety. They're ready for the anxiety to come and it doesn't come. Yeah, that's nice. So they're like, okay, this is really cool. It's really weird, but it's really cool because they have to they have to deprogram themselves to not expect to feel anxious. Right. So, yeah. One of the things that um, my son is dealing with, and I think there's, you know, definitely signs of PTSD for him, is that yes. he lost his dad suddenly, and yes. the grief like it just bothers me to even think about it. Oh yeah, profound. It's profound. It's awful. And it's every day. So I'm sorry. Um, yes. I mean, I'm not sorry because this is natural and normal, but it's real. Yes. It feels like as his mom and I was close to his dad, we just had done a podcast together. I just talked <sighs> to him. So none of us saw this coming. It kind of feels like what, while I'm watching him go through this process, the best way I can describe it is having somebody put a cigarette out on your heart all the time. So whenever he's down, it's almost like it's taking me back to when I would worry about him relapsing and things because everything was so mood driven. And so he has good days and bad days. And then he has, you know, exuberant days where he's feeling a lot better and he's got a zest for life again, because that tends to be his personality. But Mm -hmm. then he has days that are terrible and he'll just cry in the shower and it's all normal and telling him he's going to be okay. And it's part of it. And it's normal. And to get all of that out in the oxygen is so important. And it's been so helpful but my goodness, he is just in some intense suffering. So that was one of the reasons I recommended, you know, cause he's doing all he can. He's still going to recovery meetings. He's riding his bike. He's calling people for prayer, meditating, you know, all of the things he should be doing, but he's still, you know, nothing's really going to completely take it away. He is just up against this mountain of pain and conversations. He thought he would still have time to have or, conversations that were normal and routine that he now can't have. And it's so overwhelming that what is your take or experience with someone that's experiencing profound grief? Because I mean, we're in an epidemic and people are dying every day from overdoses. I'm sure you're seeing it. Yes. In fact, um, one, one of my clients comes to mind, she had lost her mom and um, another close family member and um, it's escaping me. It was two deaths, like like what your son um, and you have experienced recently. No, we lost my niece as well. 
Yeah. And so um, we lost his dad. So grief is like intense right now. Very intense. And was same with her. She was very, she was struggling in every aspect of her life because of it. She, um, you know, didn't feel social. She was having anxiety. She was very depressed. She was, um, just feeling awful and struggling and she was an only child. So this was her mom. And so, um, so she came to me really unsure. Is this going to help me? You know, I always tell people I can't predict what it will do for you because everybody's different. Everybody's brain is different, but what I've seen of it is so amazing. I highly recommend trying it. It's, it's worth trying. And so I've seen her five or six times but the first session with her, just like with most people, she felt a profound peace that she hadn't felt in a very long time. And her depression, her sadness went away, I would say 50% after that first session. And then each subsequent session just got a little better and a little better. And people immediately saw a difference in her. Her whole countenance, her face, everything, the way she carried herself completely changed after that first session. It just, this is, this is similar to rebooting a computer. Yeah. So think of it like your brain just gets mired and it gets stuck and, and, and it's called amyloid deposits. They, they, they get stuck and they build up in your brain when you're not able to get good sleep and you're not able to maybe exercise or maybe do all the things that are really healthy for you, or you, you're constantly in trauma. So your brain is constantly being, um, damaged by that. And so it can't heal itself. So when we, when we reboot a computer, when it gets stuck and when, when it won't work the way we need it to work and it starts to get slow and all of that, it's the same thing that happens to your brain when we, it's like rebooting it. When we put the energy into the brain and the brain goes, Oh, I need to be doing this healthy thing instead of this stuck thing. And it gets rid of the stuff that's been built up in there and it's able to function at a better level at an optimal level level. And so for her, even though she still has grief, it doesn't take away your grief, but it does help you process it better. And it does help you feel a little bit better and have um, some peace during that process. And so she only needed five to six sessions and I haven't seen her in about a month. She's doing great. And um, everybody has noticed a difference in her and, you know, she'll come back if if anything like that ever happens again, because uh, she just, she was stuck in it. She really was. I get it. And, you know, Dr. Nicole's book, which I've posted about it, it's called The Addict, Aholic Deconstructed. She kind of breaks it all down. Mm -hmm. She talks about the process of glutamate in the brain and things like that. And Mm -hmm. she gives examples of that reward center having a memory and things like um, somebody who's maybe gotten addicted to pills or things like that and buying them, that process in their brain will remember orange bottles that the pills came in are good. Those are awesome. This drive to go get pills are awesome. So she talks about that process of you might be withdrawing or feeling um, sick and dreary, but even driving on the way, you start to feel better because your brain, I mean, the brain is a complex machine that, you know, 
some neuroscientists don't know all there is to know about it, let alone laymen that think we right. understand why somebody's behaving the way they do. There are mental right. factors and your thoughts and things you've been patterned to think and believe about yourself and about life absolutely affect how you feel and what you decide, sometimes even beyond your awareness. Yeah, and in her, in her explanation too, it talked about how that reward center with the with the dopamine and the endorphin production in in their brain, how when you when they take these drugs, that that reward the line of the reward goes up, so you need more endorphins and you need more dopamine to hit that pleasurable feeling. And one thing that we know ISIS does is helps the brain to start producing those endorphins once once we get them off of the drugs so that, that when that line comes back down to normal where they can actually feel pleasure, the, the endorphin production is being stimulated by ISIS microcurrent neurofeedback so that they don't need the drug anymore to feel pleasure. And that's a big problem when you're coming off of opioids yep. and drugs like that because they don't feel pleasure for a very long time. So if we can help stimulate that and help them feel like a normal person again, or able to feel happy emotions, that can eliminate or at least greatly reduce the chance of relapse. Yep, I agree. And and a lot of times when somebody's coming off of things, they haven't had to ride emotions out to side of things. So every problem that comes up, that's a circumstance. And there's always going to be problems in your face and events that activate your emotional response. It is absolutely life and death urgent. And those things take a while to calm down. If something can speed that healing up, even in Dr. Nicole's book, she talks about certain processes like meditation, spirituality, um, Mm -hmm. having a group treat you with positive regard, whether it's a family or recovery room setting, support group, things like that. And then um, I think that those, weren't those the two, the three things that she said, spirituality? Those are great. Yes. Those are all essential. Yeah, and adding those things back. But if you could yes. always say, well, this person's been you know, sober for six weeks or six months or a year, but they're still behaving this way or that, or they're still yeah. responding to feelings this way or that. How long does it take? So those yeah. things speed up the healing yes. process, the spiritual. Yes. And that's, yeah, that's why I say. Love you. Yes. And then if this doesn't yeah. as well, there's great yeah. hope in that. It's, it's huge because that's why I say for my daughter, she's, she's 11 months, almost 11 months sober again here. Um, but using ISIS to help her brain heal has really catapulted her forward. I feel at least three years in her recovery, the way that she doesn't think about drugs anymore. She just doesn't have those tendencies that, that are there for so long once you stop using. They're just there until you can unlearn them, however many years that takes. Maybe maybe it doesn't ever go away for some people, but this has really helped diminish it for her. And really, she'll tell you, I have no cravings. I don't think about it at all anymore. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. Whatever um, works, you know, and and this, heck yeah, like like it works on a number of things and I am all for that. So I'm wondering where is it available? Is it available in Ohio um, or out toward LA and Arizona where my son is? How do we find it everywhere? It should be available everywhere. And I know it's growing, so it's still fairly new, but it is growing um, to find a provider in your area. Uh, there's a website called, it's a very long word, I apologize, www.microcurrentneurofeedback.com. 
and there is a provider, find a provider tab that you can click on there and you can find a provider in your area or as close to you as possible. Otherwise, just fly to Houston and come see me. I would be happy <laughs> to treat everybody. <laughs> I know there was a location in Arizona as well that yeah. my son's connected with. Are there any in Ohio yeah. that you know of or you're just not offhand aware? I am not offhand aware. I would guess yes, I okay. because Ohio is has such a... Um, we are recovery focused. Yeah, I really feel like there's got to be some providers up there. Right. There's just got to. Yeah. Um, I'll I'll get the website from you again and put it out yeah. with um with the show notes. And then, what if somebody wanted to be trained to become a provider? Is there a process for that? There is. Um, that same website has a link, I believe, um, that you can click on. And Barry Bruder is the the guy that developed the technology. He's the guy that does the trainings, or at least he trained me personally. Um, and he can set up anybody with a training. And I believe you have to be licensed. So um, there's some requirements um, that are necessary to be able to be trained. But um, I think those are listed on the website. I believe that that's all there. Okay. Yeah. Well, I think that is all beautiful. And I looked it up. The word iasis is Greek and it means healing. Yeah. Often from a morbid condition and oh. <laughs> the process of healing. And even some translations say it means healing by grace and yeah. supernatural healing. So I yeah. love all of that. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I do too. It's morbid or not. We are all healing. <laughs> never you never know what's around the corner, you know? So anything that we can yes. add in, I call my recovery a patchwork process because it's <laughs> just been recovery rooms or therapy or talking to people or journaling. It's been all of it. And all of it. Just do, um, go run and pray in the morning and that's all day. It has to be a process. It's kind of a machine always in motion and adding in anything that's helpful, I think is so important. Yeah. I do too. I've been just blessed by this. I'm blessed to be able to give it away to other people and just watch them feel better. It, I can't, there's nothing more rewarding to me than, than what I do for my job. I love this. Oh, I would agree. And I thank you so much for coming on and explaining it. And sure. if anyone has questions, you are welcome to email me or you can hopefully contact Janelle. So if you want to give your yeah. contact information, if that's okay. Yeah, our website is matthewshope.org and Matthew has two T's. So you can find me there. You can find an ISIS tab where more information is about um, my microcurrent neurofeedback. Also, there's a pilot study that's posted there. There may be two of them actually there. So if you want to see cool pictures and and um, and results from an actual study that's published, that is on our website. You can make an appointment on our website as well. My email is there. I welcome anybody to email me anytime. Probably my phone number is on there too, and that's okay to use. If you have any questions or, or need to talk to somebody, I'm, I'm available as much as I can be. Well, I think that's wonderful. Thank you so much. And anybody working in a compassionate service to help others to heal is special in my opinion. And I'm so thankful that we have connected and I would consider you absolutely a friend. And yes. I can't wait to see what's next. So everyone check her out, check out the website or message me with you have, if you have any questions. And thanks so much, Janelle. I will speak with you soon. Thank you so much. Yeah, we'll talk soon. Bye-bye. You have been listening to the Unhooked Podcast. Views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in this episode by the guests belong solely to the guests and do not necessarily reflect those of the host or any affiliated organization or institution. 
Annie's books, Unhooked and Unbroken, can be found in Amazon, Cokesbury, BarnesandNoble.com, and wherever books are sold. You can find her work by searching Annie Highwater on Facebook. If you have enjoyed the Unhooked podcast, please share, subscribe, and leave a five-star review. We hope you'll keep coming back to listen to the Unhooked podcast. Thank you.